Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with Greta Eskridge. This is part three of our conversation. So if you've missed parts one and two, go back and listen to those. You will be so encouraged. We are talking about her new book, 100 Days of Adventure. And we're talking about homeschooling because you know what? This is the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast and we talk about homeschooling. (laughs) That's what we do. Um, And so I'm loving this conversation. It's so fun. I, I feel like we should like be sitting with a cup of coffee and talking to we each should, other for sure. and um, it, yeah, it's one of my favorite parts of doing this is that I get to meet so many neat people that the Lord brings into my life and therefore into the lives of our listeners and I just want to have a big party with all of them and I want to sit and have coffee with you Greta one day one day yes. we're going to get to do that it will be so much fun. We had so many um, similarities as we were talking before we started recording and one of them is a Hume Lake Christian camps. And mm. we, we, we both have a connection there and it's one of my favorite places on the planet. I love Hume Lake. So for those of you who are in California or for those who are outside of California and are familiar with Hume Lake, um, you know, the beauty and awe of the Sequoia yeah. National Forest and Hume Lake Christian camps. It's an amazing place. So anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little adventure there. In there God's is creation, so much adventure. Right? Yes. Yes. There's lots of adventure there. Um, but before we jump back into our conversation, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math curriculum, go to ctcmath.com. Check them out. You can try it for free and see if it's a good fit for your family. And like I mentioned in part one, they are the sponsor of our new podcast called Homeschool Insights. And that is just a short shot in the arm. It's 10 minutes or less of homeschool encouragement. And so we're taking the best uh, clips from years worth of podcasts and the movie as well. Um, there's There are parts you're, that are coming that are going to be parts of the movie that you haven't heard because they were part of interviews that didn't make it into the movie, but mm-hmm. are really encouraging um, just snippets that you need to be encouraged. So visit us at Homeschool Insights. That's a new podcast. You can find it on any podcast app, and wherever you're listening to this podcast, um, you can find it there as well. We'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, so thank you to CTC Math for sponsoring that podcast as well. Greta, welcome back um, to day three. I want to talk really quickly first. You have a personal motto that I've heard, and I was reading this about you, and, it, and you say this. You say, do small things with great love. Yeah. Where did that originate? What does that mean? Tell us well, about it's it, the quote is actually from Mother Teresa, and um, okay. I took it uh, kind of as um, one of my personal mottos when my kids were little, because I felt like my world with them was small, and um, there were so many things that felt like I was just um, doing again and again, and you know, feeding them, cutting fingernails, um, yeah. teaching kids how to get dressed, learning to read, um, things that were that felt repetitive and felt small in the the scheme of the great big world. But um, I knew that by doing them again and again, um, I was making an impact on their lives. And, um, I could choose to do them with an attitude of, you know, um, (laughs) being irritated or bored or, Mm -hmm. um, just being, you know, having an attitude where I sighed and (sighs) okay. (laughs) Um, or I could do it with love and feel, um, 
that it was something that was a privilege to be able to do. And so that's where it came from. I love it. Just like we talked about in the first episode, I think of, you know, we don't have to homeschool. We get to homeschool. Yeah. We don't have to parent. We get to parent. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do these things with our kids. We get to do these things. We get to be the ones to clip their toenails and, you know, wipe their messy faces and do all of the little mundane things that moms do day in and day out. And, you know, it's part of motherhood and it's, it's a joy to get to do those things with them. So it's adventuring with our kids as well. You know, even the clipping of the nails. <laughs> yeah, it is a joy also when they learn to clip their own nails. <laughs> right, it is. Yeah. Well, and that well, we transitions. There. <laughs> yep, that transition transitions into the joy of our little girls, my little girls coming and say, mom, will you paint my toenails? Will you paint my mm. fingernails? And fun things like that, you know, that again, yeah. are just building those relationships and making those connections and building yeah. memories with our kids. Cause those are just the fun little, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes of paint their nails and you get to have fun little conversations with them. Yeah, totally. Just that little one-on-one time. The best is when they start learning how to paint their nails themselves <laughs> and they're so messy and it's all over their fingers and, <laughs> and you know, an hour later it's already chipping off, but um, it's so fun. I mean, and those, like, those are some good fine motor skills that they're learning, yeah. right? Yes. When they're just learning how to try to hold that nail polish brush steady yeah. and uh, get it right on their nail bed instead of all over their fingers. <laughs> I haven't quite mastered it myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> it can be tricky for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. I want to go back to the book. Your book is 100 Days of Adventure, Nature Activities, Creative Projects, and Field Trips for Every Season. Yeah. Um, you you break the book up into different seasons. So you've got summer, fall, winter, spring. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about field trips and how okay. field trips play into adventure and building Mm. relationships. Cause we talked a lot in the first episode about nature and what that looks like. Yeah. Let's talk about field trips. Oh gosh. I think field trips are one of the best ways to help learning come alive for kids. And in fact, one of the things that I thought um, was so tragic actually when I was a public high school teacher was that my students um, like would maybe maybe get to go on one field trip a year. Um, And in high school, a lot of times they didn't go on any. Um, And I just thought, wow, they're, they're missing out. There's so many great things to explore outside of the world, the the four walls of our classroom out in the world. And, and I just thought, man, when I have kids, I want to do a lot of field trips because it, it shakes, it shakes us up. Right. And yeah, we, when we're in our normal routine and all we do is inside of that routine, it's easy to kind of be head down and to not look up and be like, wow, this place is incredible. I live in this incredible world with all these things that I can learn from and, and see God in and, and, um, grow my mind. So I, I think field trips are important and the freedom that we have as homeschoolers to be able to learn outside of the walls of our home, that is a gift that we should take advantage of. Do you plan out field trips at the beginning of the year and then try to, because I feel like with field trips, that's something that you have to be really intentional about. You can't just be like, well, I'm going to take a bunch of field trips this year and expect them to happen. I I mean, you don't have to plan out every single week of the school year, every seasoned homeschool mom knows that you never plan out every single week of the year because it's going to fall apart at some point, but maybe month to month. Um, do you do that? Do you actually plan out what you're going to do for field trips with your kids? 
Okay, this is really funny because um, I am a very um, loosely scheduled homeschooling mom. However, the one thing that I do have scheduled um, down to the week is field trips. Okay, I love <laughs> so you that. You can see where my priority is. Yeah. But here's the reason why. Uh, we adventure every week with our homeschool group. Okay. So as a group, we are adventuring every single week. Every Tuesday is our adventure day. And um, we, so we meet together and we plan the the whole year. But here's the thing. We hold our plans loosely because sure. plans change. Sometimes it's like, oh, it rained and the trails are closed. So we have mm-hmm. to go to a museum. Um, sometimes it's too hot and we switch what we had, the trail we had planned and we go to the beach. Um, or the museum's closed for some reason and we've got to pivot and do something else. So we have them mapped out because we know certain times we want to go on this hike because we know the tadpoles are going to be turning into frogs. So we need to go in this, in this window, we know when the window is. Um, but, but again, um, so we have the plan, but the plan is held loosely because, oh, actually it was really, um, rainy early in the year. We need to switch and do the frog hike earlier. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yes, we do plan it out and we have things that are our favorites and certain times of year we do favorite activities, but we're very willing to be flexible because we get to be. Yeah. Yeah. Do your kids enjoy museums? They do. Um, when they were, so (laughs) when they were little and, um, we went to art museums, like a -hmm. children's museum or a science museum, which has all the hands-on stuff, like every kid loves those, but art museums took time and I had activities that helped them learn to love them. Even though my kids love art, they didn't necessarily all love the experience of a traditional art museum where they had to be quiet and not run and not touch anything. And it felt stressful. So one of the things that I did to help them love, learn to love art museums is we would focus only on um, just looking at a few pieces of art. We wouldn't just go to room after room. Um, We would learn about the pieces of art or the artists that we were going to focus on before we went. So it was familiar because yeah. it was like, oh, we know who this guy or or this girl is that made this piece of art. Oh, that's the art we saw in the book. Mom, I see it. That's so exciting to see something yeah. in a picture and then to see the art in real life because it's so much better in yes. real life. And it's so exciting. So they're in, initially drawn to it because it's familiar. They've seen it. But then they're blown away because they're seeing it bigger and in, in person. Um, so seeing studying beforehand is amazing and you there's a really easy way to do it you can go to the museum um website before you visit and you can see what will be um on display okay so if you're going to look like say you want to see you know a vincent van gogh so you Uh look and you see are any of the vincent van gogh paintings going to be on display when we visit yes which one and you find out which one teach your kids about it before you go um and then we also do like they can bring sketchbooks and they can mm-hmm. draw the things that they right. see, sit, sit on the floor in front of it and do their own drawing of it. Um, I've also done scavenger hunts. So they have to look for like 10 things, like find a piece of art that's really colorful, find a piece of art with a boat in it, you know, find a sculpture of, uh, of an animal. And so they have a clipboard and they get to walk around and they feel very official and it makes 
the whole experience interactive sure. and fun instead of drudgery. And I'm worried the whole time that I'm going to get in trouble, yeah. which I think a lot of kids feel when they go to an art museum. Yes. Cause you've got all the guards standing there. Yeah, you exactly. Know, don't get too close. Right. Stand behind the, ba- the, the stanchions, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, and I think <laughs> as parents, we, we, we want, we're like, man, I spent the time and the money to go on this museum. We got to get the most out of it. But then it just becomes so overwhelming and the kids sure. are just going from room to room and all the artists is a blur and you don't appreciate it anymore. Right. So I think we as parents have to be willing to set aside this, yeah. like, I got to get the most out of this day and just be like, hey, we're going to focus on like three or five pieces of art and our kids are still going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever read the books? There, there are some of my favorites and we haven't read them for so long because they're more for, for younger kids. But um, the Katie books, like Katie and the Sunflowers. I haven't. Um, Oh, they're so much fun. So it's about this little girl named Katie and she always goes to the art museums and usually she's, I think she's always with her grandmother and her grandmother will like fall asleep on the bench or something like that. And then Katie will go and she will somehow enter the picture, but it's always, it always has pictures in the book. It's art from famous artists. That's awesome. And so she'll enter into it and then it like brings that art piece to life in the book yes. and she interacts with the characters and that art piece. And then there's always, you know, some crazy disaster that happens, you know, like she'll flood the museum or something like that because she opened <laughs> the picture. I mean, it, they are so cute and so much fun. I'll put links to them in the show notes. So people, yeah. I can't remember what the author's name is, but they are fantastic. And they're, they're like picture books. Yeah. Um, but, but they're really fun stories that really help kids to become familiar with all kinds of different artists. Yeah. And, um, and then at the end of the book, it talks about the artists that they, you know, talk about in the book and mm-hmm. what I paintings they are. It, they're some of my favorites. So it's been so long. I haven't even thought about those books for a few years. Cause it's been a long time since I've read them with my girls, but, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll put those links in the show notes. So anyway, we've got to take a break though. We'll be right back. Are you struggling with managing homeschooling your child on a day-to-day basis? BJU Press has a new homeschool planner that can simplify your homeschooling. With BJU Press Homeschool Hub, you can see your child's work for each day, track grades, and grade assignments all in one organized system. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub can make your experience more manageable and more enjoyable. You can have the resources you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the Hub can improve your homeschooling. Parents everywhere are waking up to the fact that God is calling them to teach their children His Word. BibleQuest gives you a plan and resources to do just that, using the incredibly effective classical model. Help your students memorize biblical information through games and scripture memory songs. Build their understanding with easy-to-use Bible discussions. Mentor them to be wise doers and sharers of the Word. Biblical knowledge, understanding, and wisdom for a lifetime. Try four weeks free at BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. That's BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. We are back with Greta. Um, I have so enjoyed talking about just exploring with our kids and all the amazing things that we can learn with them and the relationships that we can build with them. You guys, if you have not seen this book or gotten it, um, definitely get a hold of it. It's 100 Days of Adventure, Nature Activities, Creative Projects, and Field Trips for Every Season. And it is beautifully done. It's beautifully written. It's beautifully illustrated. There's recipes in here. So many fun ideas because unless you're a person who it just comes really, really naturally for you to be able to come up with all these amazing ideas of things to do with your kids, um, 
this is the kind of book that is so helpful for us in our homeschool. I think books like this are as important as math books and mm. science books and history books, because this helps yeah. our world come to life and it helps yeah. to build those relationships with our kids. And so instead of you racking your brain or spending hours on Pinterest, trying to figure out what am I going to do with my kids, get a book that helps you. And this book will help you. You guys, it's so good. 100 days of adventure. And again, like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes. If you guys purchase it through our links, any um, books or resources that we put links to in our show notes, always, almost always goes back to helping to support the ministry of Schoolhouse Rocked and keep this podcast going. So, um, so the book is excellent. But um, as we've talked about that, I know there's another whole side to kids exploring. And oftentimes that exploration comes in the digital world. And so we're going to take a little bit of a a turn here for these last few minutes. And I know this is something, Greta, that you're really passionate about is um, how our our world is just increasingly as parents and as kids becoming more and more um, digital. And there's such an impact on our lives of, you know, screen time and man, I, I, I can't stand it. And I talk about it so much is, you know, we go to restaurants or anywhere in public and you see whole families sitting together Mm -hmm. and they're all on their phones. You know, we, we recently, um, my oldest is 16. And so she's, you know, quickly entering into that stage of, you know, obviously noticing boys and stuff. And so she always notices when there is a couple on a date, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, she can spot them, you know, as soon as we walk into a restaurant and oftentimes she'll see both of them sitting on their phones. And she has so many times commented, she's like, if I went on a date and the guy wanted to sit on his phone the whole time, she's like, I would never go out with him again. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, if you want to check a quick message, whatever, that's fine. But I mean, they just are consumed with it. Yeah. So talk about this because I know this is something that is, that you're really passionate about. Um, what is the impact that you're seeing and and how can we pull away from that and help guide our kids away from screens and the impact of this crazy digital world that we live in? Well, I think that, um, I think that that's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about getting kids out on adventures and, um, having parents connect with their kids through adventure and having um, kids connect with other kids through adventure Mm -hmm. because they're doing it in a way that's face-to-face that's relational instead of doing it over a screen because what I am seeing um, and you you see it on every news report you see it um, all over the place that kids are becoming more and more um, socially uh, unavailable, which yep. is so ironic because how long have we heard the worry that people have about homeschoolers is that they right. don't know how to socialize, right? Yeah. But now kids who are in traditional school are the ones who don't know how to socialize because they'll literally be sitting at the bus stop not talking or looking at each other because they have their earbuds in yep. and they are on a screen or they're walking to school and they're not talking. They're looking at a screen and then they're in school and they're looking on screens and then they come home and they're on screens. And so I think we have to be so purposeful as parents to give our kids the opportunities to interact in real life ways with one another, with the world, with books, with nature, not through screens. Yeah. Um, because they, they need to learn to talk to each other. They need to know how to cultivate real life relationship because the, the other part about 
being engaged with screens and being online um, is that there's a whole world that's out there that is offering them false connection. You know, the, the dangers of pornography are real and they are out there enticing our kids saying, here's relationship, here's intimacy, here's connection, but it's a lie. That's not real life connection. We have to cultivate the real life relationship with our kids so that when the false one is offered to them, they can spot it and reject it. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard to do. How do you do that intentionally? I mean, other than, I I mean, obviously you're, you know, we're trying to get our kids out and you've got a book that gives us all kinds of ideas of what to do in place of that. But when we've got kids who are completely addicted to their phones all the time, how do we pull them away from that? Well, I think, um, you know, I think for parents, the the earlier you start not making screens available all the time, Mm -hmm. the better it is. Um, so as, as parents of young kids, you need to cultivate in your home, like screens are, are not the go-to they're the occasional, they're the, sometimes we do this all together on Friday night, we get to watch a movie together, but the, but that's not where you go to for entertainment or Mm -hmm. for, um, babysitting, like you need to cultivate as much as you can other options. Right. And then when you engage in screens, you use them together. You know, even if your kid, like just today, my daughter wanted some references for art. And so together we set and looked for things, yeah. not like, oh, sure, just go search on Google by yourself and who knows what will come up. So yeah. cultivate it as like, we do this together. We spend time online together, but the majority of time we don't spend online together. And then as your kids get older, you model, like I just did with my daughter, you model um, looking using technology in a safe way and mm-hmm. in a responsible way. Um, I think we have to really be willing to be different and not like say, oh, when my kid's 10, they get a smartphone because that's the average age. Every kid gets a smartphone is 10 years old. Like instead say, no, we're going to wait. That that can happen in the late teen years when you actually really need one because you have a job and you have to be available via text or or something like that. But not just because every 10 year old gets their own phone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So many things um, yeah. right now in our world that we're trying to navigate through and, um, and it's hard, but that's yeah. where we pray and ask the Lord to give us wisdom yeah. um, to help us through it, to navigate through these things. Um, yeah. Cause you know, our, our parents didn't have to deal with some of the things that we're having to deal with. Right. So it's not yeah. like we could go to them and say, Hey mom, yeah. how did you do this when I was yeah. teen? <laughs> Cause it didn't yeah. exist. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have, there definitely is, I think cultivating a community around you of other parents who share the same ideals. That's yeah. one of the best tools because then your yes. kids are not alone and you're not alone. You're like, Hey, this is just how we all do it. Yep. And let's all talk to each other in real life and not just, yeah. you know, through video games or um, via texting. That Absolutely. is really helpful. Yep. Yep. Community is so important. So, wow, Greta, this has been so fun this week. I've loved talking with you. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your book, 100 Days of Adventure. If you guys haven't gotten it yet, pick it up, go through, um, go to our show notes. You can find the link on there. Um, thank you for sharing your wisdom this week and, and for writing this book and giving us all of the examples and fun ideas of how we can build relationships with our kids and cultivate Um, those connections with them. So we are so grateful to have you with us. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Have a great rest of your week. We will put all things Greta Eskridge in the show notes so that you can find her anywhere and everywhere. Um, She is a fantastic writer. She's got lots and lots, lots 
lots and lots of blog posts um, (laughs) that you can find great encouragement through. So have a great rest of your week. If you've not yet left a review for the podcast, please do that. We would really appreciate it. We'll see you back here on Monday with another fantastic guest. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.